This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to the interview series. Welcome to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Craig Patterson, and we're joined here with a special guest, Robert K. Brown. He's the Solutions Engineer at Axis Communications. Welcome, Robert. Hi, Craig. Thanks for having me here. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself as well as Axis Communications. Uh, let's start with Axis. Uh, Axis Communications is uh, really been the, the world leader for, for a number of years, primarily in video surveillance systems, uh, cameras. Uh, invented the network video camera uh, decades ago uh, and has grown to a lot of other verticals besides retail with a lot of other products besides just cameras, access control speakers and whatnot. Uh, and I've been lucky enough to have worked with access products for gosh, almost 20 years now. Uh, really got cut my teeth with network video surveillance in the early 2000s when I worked for Target Corporation out of Minneapolis. Uh, on the IT side. So I'm, I'm on technology and have been technology for a long time, uh, but learned pretty early on in those implementations of our network video that you know, technology doesn't exist in a vacuum. So being able to kind of help solve business problems along the way using video surveillance as a tool uh, added to our toolkit uh, was really pretty fun for a lot of years. I've been at Access about six years now, uh, and in this role, it's great because I get to work pretty closely with our colleagues in Sweden, where our corporate headquarters are, and then folks uh, out in our business area. So I spend a lot of time talking to customers uh, and applying my experiences with their experiences to make sure we are delivering the kind of solutions that the market needs. Now, today we wanted to talk a little bit about intelligent analytics and artificial intelligence, um, how it's being used with uh, retail. These are some buzzwords that uh, have been utilized. Uh, And actually, let's just start with, um, could you define for everyone that may not be aware of what artificial intelligence and machine learning is? Yeah, happy to, because they they are um, (laughs) very compelling buzzwords. Uh, and I, I honestly, before I uh, got into my role, I struggled a lot to keep them straight. And really, if, if artificial intelligence is the easy bucket, uh, and I like to think of this when I go back to college, right, and, and think of like um, I studied math, let's say, and that's the broad overview of what AI is. This is the, the, the science of, you know, uh, keep teaching computers how to do things. Within that, you might hear like machine learning or deep learning. And really, again, the analogy is that's like geometry and calculus. It's it's part of math. It is part of um, artificial intelligence, but they, they get more and more complex. And that's the machine learning is a little bit easier to explain. Deep learning, you've got a lot of other really complex things happening under the hood. All of it really in practice just means that we are better able to leverage um, the computers that we have on our cameras, computers that are in control rooms, uh, in stores, to really, in, in our case, analyze video to make assumptions or make decisions about that video without needing you know, a person to, to be in, in the middle of all that. So, and that's really, again, the best case, I guess, when it comes to AI type things. Um, I know we've seen lots of really cool Hollywood things that you can imagine are possible with artificial intelligence. The reality is, you know, we often make mistakes, too, when we try to look and see something. So we we do the best we can to teach our cameras to identify scenes and to apply deep learning to different video scenarios. Um, But again, nothing's perfect in this world, unfortunately. 
Let's talk a little bit about intelligent analytics um, with uh, retailers and uh, how artificial intelligence is being used with that. Uh, um, tell me a little bit about this. Intelligent analytics are something that Access Communications has been uh, definitely diving into recently as a subject matter. Yeah, it's so it's re- really been, it's, it's, I think it's really fascinating stuff. I, I have been doing this long enough to see kind of an evolution of using video and having like live monitoring, having uh, security guards or surveillance guards and the shift really in the ability to, to have resources available to, to just sit in a, a room watching video is, is pretty expensive to do. So you try to find ways to kind of maximize your investment in camera technology. Uh, and, you know, 20 years ago, it's just it's pixels changing. You're trying to figure out if somebody's in a scene, if something's happening because there's movement, because you really don't care about something in a store if there's no activity, right? There's, there's no loss happening then. And so what, what really the intelligent video or intelligent analytics type of things allow us to do is just be smarter and better about that. Um, because like a shiny floor in a retailer and a shadow passing that shiny floor is can be perceived as movement when all you are doing is comparing pixels when they change. Uh, AI lets us do a lot better job of saying, you know what, I think that group of shapes that are moving is actually a person, not a dog, not a empty you know, runaway shopping cart, uh, not a, a shadow or headlight or rain. And, and really that allows for a lot better use of time because there's just so much video. You don't have time to spend combing through all the video. You just want to find the stuff that's relevant and is going to help you solve your case provide better customer service in some cases uh, and, and just be all around a little more effective than just a, a dumb recording device. And now um, we're seeing retailers utilizing this a lot more. Uh, tell me a little bit about the benefits that we're seeing uh, around intelligent analytics and uh, um, uh, you know, how this is impacting retailers, particularly during the pandemic. Great, uh, great question. So pandemic really changed a lot of things. Um, for a lot of a lot of us and a lot of retail, uh, as as a couple of examples that I can think of real quickly here for you, Craig, uh, like occupancy became a lot more important. Um, we've we've had analytics in the past that you can do sort of you know counting of people coming in and out of a store to help build out some you know tie tying this into a point of sale for conversion or trying to figure out what's the the best time of day you know to to have certain staff based on on foot traffic. And, and suddenly, like literally overnight, those uh, numbers stopped happening. People stopped going into stores for a while, right? And the the change, uh, the, the question changed, right? It wasn't how many people are coming in at a certain time of day. How, what's the conversion? It's am I hitting my capacity? Like uh, we need only have fifty people in this store. Uh, I need to know when we've reached that threshold. So it was really, really kind of fortunate that the technology that we had in that in that situation didn't really change. It was just the question pivoted a little bit that that the the need for uh, like a real time trigger was what happened. Is I'm not looking at this now as a business uh, intelligence report and some kind of KPI dashboard. I'd like maybe a light to turn on or a, or you know a door to lock or something when occupancy gets exceeded. So that's been kind of really fascinating for me is. Some of that um, just occupancy stuff, a lot more interest in um, the curbside pickup and and uh, different ways to to get product without actually having to be in a store. 
that can be augmented by just having a little bit more intelligence again about when people are in the parking lot, when somebody pulls up into a spot, right? Uh, just a lot more information that you can provide both to your store associates and then to your, your customers to help make those tr- transactions go a lot more smoothly. So this is having a positive impact, I'd say, probably both on well employees and, uh, well, the customer experience as well. Um, let's talk a bit about that. I mean, we just talked about, uh, you know, the customer experience. Like this will allow, say, someone's standing, waiting at a uh, at a till or, you know, I'm just thinking if I'm in the electronics department of, I don't know, Walmart or something like that, and there's no one around. This could, you know, an employee could say, hey, wait a minute, there, there's somebody there. Yeah, so some of it, 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 some of it can be applied for customer service, and some can still be applied for loss prevention. And if you again just take the a basic underlying technology like like dwell, right? If somebody is dwelling or hanging out in an area um, overnight at the loading docks, that might be a bad thing. Um, middle of the day in the predetermined spots for curbside pickup, that might be a good thing if you can associate that vehicle then with an order that you know has come in to expedite that, that you, you can get that moving quicker. And then your example too, yeah, if somebody's inside uh, and they're waiting to be helped at customer service or electronics boat or, or something, and you can use an analytic that says there's a, there's a person here, but there's no staff, there's, there's no associates, uh, then you can use that in real time to, you know, play an announcement over the loudspeaker or uh, ring up one of the, the walkies or the, the mobile devices to say there's a guest in need of assistance, uh, please somebody go check them out. So it's, it's, it was really interesting to think about not necessarily the different technologies, but the different applications of the same technology, depending on, on what your need might be. That makes sense. And now staff are finding a lot of benefit, I think, uh, from this as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I think that it's really what the, the there's because there's so many applications, right? Of of AI and intelligent analytics, and what the the, the challenge is always going to be, I think, is making sure that you find a very specific use case, a business case that that solves that need, and absolutely staff. Uh, can can benefit, customers can benefit, loss prevention teams can benefit. Hopefully, bad guys aren't benefiting too much from it um, along the way. But you know, uh, it, it's just it's it's really just bolstering something that a lot of retailers already have an investment they've already made that's up in the ceilings and making it do a little more work um, for the the company. And large and small retailers would use this. I mean, obviously, a large retailer is going to have more say departments and whatnot, but a smaller retailer certainly uh, would be able to utilize this as well. They may not have the same dynamics around uh, having people wandering around. I don't want to say aimlessly, but uh, you know, just in a smaller space. Yeah. So uh, a great example of that might be something where with, as with a large enterprise any small retailer is, is probably going to want to maximize their staff and their, their, their time time that their staff has to do things. And if you have a, even a small footprint uh, and you've only got a couple people, maybe somebody's in the back room doing sock or inventory or something, and you can use intelligent analytics to say, hey, somebody just came into the store. And that way you can be effective with your time, again, still providing good customer service because now instead of somebody walking into what appears to be an empty store, uh, you can have that associated uh, one or two people working that day be able to move back back up to the front of the house. Very interesting. Now, shopping centers, um, is this technology being utilized uh, beyond just, say, individual retail stores? 
It, it is. Really, it's it's anywhere where you have a combination of people, you have vehicles, you have um, the the you know, interest in, in, say, traffic flow, um, curious about different times of the year. I mean, in, in a lot of cases with artificial intelligence and the, those intelligent analytics, you can build really interesting reporting on is it just you know foot traffic um, and and different times of year, different seasons, based on different events. Um, but at the same time, right? If, if a if a mall is overseeing you know a large space, they do have their same security concerns, and especially getting that you know between the parking lot and the mall, some of the things that you can do with analytics outdoors to really avoid a lot of false alarms to give yourself an extra set of eyes uh, without having to have somebody sitting monitoring things all the time looking for bad things to happen there's a lot of really interesting things uh, in theory trying to figure out like intent um, understand like crowd forming there's the, the, the great thing I guess about like AI and this sort of new frontier is if you can think of a model, if you think of a scenario that you're having a challenge with, the the cameras or the servers can be trained to see video and interpret that model the way you need to. So even if there's not an out-of-the-box solution, um, the flexibility to find a new solution out there is, is just off the charts these days. It's really, really exciting times. Terrific. Now, um, in terms of building you know, better insights with, with AI and machine learning, do you have any idea how far the technology can go? Because with machine learning, it's always getting better, right? Um, is there? I don't want to say a maximum, but uh, but 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 uh, do you have an idea where where this might be going in terms of machine learning and what uh, uh, you know is possible longer term? Yeah. So the limits are always going to be, I think, really how how much processing power do you have to to go through and do something. Um, there's, there's actually a couple of them, but that's, that's one, the, from a camera perspective, when we're using computer vision and we're actually trying to understand a scene, it's, it's really difficult to do in the dark, right? Like no matter what you do, if you, unless you have some contrast, unless you have a reasonably well-lit scene, it's going to be very easy to make the same kind of mistakes we do where we mistake, you know, something for something else when it's, it's not as clear as well-lit. So I feel like there may be opportunities for improving those sorts of analytics in in low light or or near no light, but, but at the end of the day, there's still there's this science here, right? You need light to be able to make out shapes, and you can't really effectively analyze a scene unless you know what those shapes are. Um, but beyond those limitations, Craig, I think uh, some of the stuff that gets really really interesting is uh, when we talk about maybe anomaly detection, right? Like I could today in a parking lot with a, an analytic draw in an area that says, I expect only vehicles to be going this one direction in, uh, uh, of traffic. And if a person or a vehicle goes the opposite direction, you need to send me an alert so I can do something about it. And I have to know that what the, the unusual behavior is in that case. With deep learning and more AI, they can analyze the scene and watch all the video and say, you know what, for the last six months, no one's ever walked on that part of the sidewalk. That's unusual. Let me send you an alert about that, right? Or this area of your your store usually has pretty good in-stocks, but all of a sudden right now, they're not. And so let the analytic 
do the analysis about what's unusual or what's not is really where it gets, I think, pretty cool. It ultimately solves the same problem, right? You want it to be proactive. You don't want to have to wait for a person to look at something and figure out what's going on. You want to get those uh, updates or alerts or you know alarms, whatever, before um, somebody has to have, have to spin through the video to find those unusual activities. In Canada, um, fortunately, we're seeing things finally opening up with the pandemic here. We saw lockdowns, we saw capacity limits, things are getting back to normal here, maybe a little later than some parts of the world. Um, uh, now, we're also seeing an increase, unfortunately, in a little bit of organized crime. Tell me a little bit about uh, cameras, artificial intelligence, and what we're seeing around uh, loss prevention in retailers uh, at this time. There are a couple of facets to that. One is just intelligence gathering, right, of for, for when that RC happens and the ability to uh, build out your you know, data sets of, of known uh, ORC members, the, some of the groups and whatnot that you can hopefully then tie into some of, you know, your other tools behind the scenes to let you be again this is preventative right i want to make sure that i know if uh, there's going to be a likelihood that there's some smash and grab type activity or there's going to be some group of people coming in um, these are obviously really hard to prevent with a camera but with good intelligence you can uh, potentially have people on 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 staff and, and ready to help address some of those i'll give you an example um, from a couple of years ago just trying to address some of this in terms of um, providing good customer service, but also disincenting ORC from taking things is leveraging that example we talked about earlier with like people dwelling in an area. And so if you have a good analytic and, and some good intelligence around it, you can you can put that analytic in a space where ORC uh, might be a typical hit, like in a department store, maybe it's blue jeans, uh, in a, another retail environment, maybe it's baby formula or razor blades. Uh, but if you see uh, one or more people congregating in that area, um, whether they're suspicious or not, you could play an announcement on a loudspeaker. You could push video from some cameras to a public view monitor um, specifically in that area so that people can see themselves. You can have an analytic that puts a bounty box around their face so that there's an, in, an implication of there's some some real serious technology at work here, even if it's nothing more than just we can recognize that there's a face in this scene, right? All of that is meant to then deter that behavior. It's not maybe isn't going to prevent it, but it certainly can help as a deterrent with with uh, some of these ORC rings that are going to move through and try to sweep the shelf um, of whatever product it is they have on their orders for that day to go get. Can the technology recognize faces if a person may have stolen something before, perhaps? Our cameras don't do that, but but certainly they're the the, the, the nice thing about a camera uh, it, it's a computer with optics, right? And the deep learning processing units that come with some of our cameras can run partner applications. Um, there's a company uh, Safer that does facial recognition, and so if that was something that that you were able to do as a retailer or interested in it, and you know no legal concerns around privacy. Uh, or you had this address through through Safer. Because a lot of times what you can do is facial recognition. And as long as you're comparing that to an internal database of known offenders, that's acceptable, right? That's, that's not an issue at all. Um, I've seen some other really cool applications um, where you sort of opt in. The idea is you want to unlock a case or get into a part of the store, even open the door, and you just have to show your face to the camera to allow 
you entry into that that spot. And so it's an opt-in. If you don't want to go into the store, if you don't want to get those razor blades out of that locked case, then you don't show your face, and that's fine. Um, there's, there's some interesting ways to, to mitigate uh, and to manage um, facial recognition. And say if um, there is uh, even a swarming of a store, this is something we're starting to see a bit more in Vancouver. Um, uh, can the technology be utilized, I guess, subsequently uh, in the case of, say, a situation where something just happened quickly and you couldn't anticipate it happening? It just it just happened. Yeah, absolutely. So this this gets into uh, without getting too much into the weeds of types of solutions, you know, with a camera. Uh, with access cameras, what we typically have is what we call edge-based, right? It's it's a processor running, um, doing analysis, so, so you get a lot of good, really good real-time stuff. Uh, there are solutions that that, especially for more after-the-fact type of investigations, rely more heavily on a, on a server presence. Uh, and there are some really really amazing technologies that, because you can power that by a server, not just a camera, that lets you do some really um, quick and and impressive after the fact investigations, uh, and the the best of both worlds I think is you combine like a like one of our cameras that has a component running on it that's doing some real time processing. It's doing actually a lot of the heavy lifting, so then it's able to send metadata, uh, you know, data about the the scene, describing the scene, to that server. Uh, which is then able to be even more efficient in, in giving you some really powerful forensic tools for searching after the fact. Now, with edge analytics, uh, what can it do versus, say, pushing um, uh, things over to the server side in terms of the cameras uh, monitoring uh, retail stores? At some point, you're going to want to be analyzing that scene. And the, the beauty of it being on the camera is, again, that's that real time. It's actually uncompressed. It's, it's the purest data there is because it's right there on the edge. And in a lot of cases, boy, I, my days in retail, right? There's always a constant battle for bandwidth, for storage, uh, for you know latency if you're trying to view stuff remotely. So the more work you can do sort of on that edge on the camera itself, then what you're transmitting back to be analyzed isn't, you know, mountains of video. It's little bits of data about that video and you can specify all sorts of really cool stuff in that video frame about the direction an object is moving a person the color of the shirt you know the the make of the car uh, or not the make of a car like if it's a car or a bus or a truck or a motorcycle that sort of thing so ba- you know back when i first started doing this if you needed to do some video review that a white ford pickup came in to the parking lot yesterday you had to just kind of review the video. If you ballpark, you knew it happened within a certain time frame. you're limiting it that way, but it's still just a lot of review. Today, with that edge-based analytic doing all the classification, you can search through um, for show me white pickup trucks, you know, from these cameras. It's, it's just, it's really, really cool. And it really does make um, both real-time alerting that if I want to get a heads up that that suspect's vehicle has entered the parking lot. You can do that with the analytic on the edge, but you can also then after the fact, if you need to do a further investigation and further forensic search, do some really, really cool things um, with attributes of people or vehicles. That must be a huge time saving. <laughs> it is, right? It's, I mean, that's what we're all trying to do is you, you've got an investigation. You got to get it solved as quickly as you can uh, with as much accurate information as possible. And, um, especially if there's turnover, which there is in loss prevention, somebody who maybe isn't as familiar with the layout of cameras at a store because they're new to the store, uh, any 
any tools we can provide to help make that job easier um, is going to be just better for everyone, better for the industry. Very interesting. And public service and well, service announcement to the criminals out there, you're being watched. <laughs> this is cutting edge <laughs> technology, which, uh, you know, is being utilized to, you know, protect stores, retail environments, et cetera. And uh, uh, it's getting better. I mean, with machine learning and whatnot, uh, this is exciting, fascinating stuff. I mean, it's, it's really great to see how developed technologies, which are able to better, uh, you know, be utilized not only for security, but as we talked about uh, uh, before creating a better customer service experience, as well as a better overall, um, I guess, efficiency within the retail space uh, through intelligent analytics. I agree. I, I love it. I think the the security aspects to me is is what I got started in this industry with. And I think those are really, really compelling. I do love the the business side too, though. And, and something as simple as being able to have a better sense of when four people come into a store uh, and they are shopping is that four individuals that are going to have four different receipts or is that a family of four where there's one receipt? So I can have a better sense of a conversion. And with analytics, I could start to move down a path of being able to delineate between adults and children, right? Between people that are maybe traveling together because they came in the same vehicle in the parking lot, right? All this interesting insights that you can get really helps the business as much as the security side of it helps the loss prevention part of the house. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. Uh, this is Robert K. Brown. He's Solutions Engineer at Axis Communications. Thank you so much, for Robert, for joining us today. Thanks, Craig. It was a really enjoyable time. I appreciate it. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I'm Craig Patterson, founder and editor-in-chief of Retail Insider. This is the Retail Insider podcast. Take care and thank you for now.